International. Sunday. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. One man. <laughs> uh, cool. <laughs> we're totally recording and we're just like having oh, a lot of are we? a lot of like Ethan real never tells me. Real goofy silly stuff and real dead air. I've learned Should I not be talking right now while you guys do. It's this? okay if you are, All but right. uh for everybody listening, <laughs> welcome to Extra Salty. As always, I'm Jazz and Ellis. And I'm Kai Krabs. And today we're joined in studio by Jericho Thorpe. Hello. And Jasmine's back. I am back. Yeah. I am excited to be back. This is the most oh, I hate how bougie this sounds. I'm so jet lagged from LA. Uh, which sounds fancy until you're like, I'm really, it means I'm tired because I was in a Southwest flight and <laughs> there was no room for me. Yeah. And a small child who like, I think was too young to be kicking me, but also too old to have the colic cough that it had <laughs> was just really ruining my flight and reminding me that I was poor. So it was great. It was great. It's great to be back. Me and uh, me and Ashley Overton were on an airplane back from, uh, it was a Southwest flight as well, <laughs> back from uh, New Orleans whenever we did Hell Yes Fest and there was a baby behind us that was crying like the entire way. And That's then what you get the for funnier, flying New Orleans. Like, it's like two hours. The dumbest thing about it was that like then at the end of the trip, once we had touched down and like we were starting to unload off the plane like the dad just picks up the baby and looks at it and he was like you were bad today <laughs> oh my god and i was like okay well you know, the good discipline yeah You're that was for show that was for everyone else to see see he tried he tried <laughs> <laughs> like that was for everybody else to see. Uh, i also went through like this little like i don't know if you guys are guilty of man spreading where men just take up more space than they need to yeah, but i was in the middle seat both ways there and back and the, on the way there one of the guys had like full-on narcolepsy and he was like i've never seen someone sleep so deeply and so peacefully <laughs> like it was upsetting it was really it was because he just like he took up more and more space the deeper he got into his argument at one point like mouth open drooling and snoring and just spread completely into my seat like he was just laying in a field full of flowers in the sun it was just gross it was just gross and then all of like i don't know people to, are, i can't tell if it's just like being in close quarters or if people are just like don't shower for more morning flights so i think i think that people just don't shower for red-eye flights but then my lunch flight somebody i like the whole thing the whole thing smelled like rotten eggs the whole flight i was like what am i smelling what am i smelling turns out guy sitting next to me was eating an egg salad no like of all the shit to bring with you on a plane but also how did he discreetly eat an egg salad without me noticing i don't even have words for that i'm just shaking my head how did you find out later that he had eggs when he was trying to throw it away and there was a clear label that said egg salad salad and I was just like how Mm -mm. why is it even available at an airport so Mm -mm. 
I don't know. The whole trip itself was awesome. Um, I am I'm so salty about all of my gripes with flying, especially if you get there early and you like don't want to check your bags and you have them with, and then they just ran out of room. That's oh, the worst. God. I hate that so and much. And you have to do the tag thing and then you're just like, hope I get it back. Yeah. It's like, I took yeah. this with me because it's full of like medic. I was like, I'm going to pretend these are for my heart and I'm going to act a fool if they lose my bag. And he's like, you lost my heart medication and it's irreplaceable heart medication. I'm going to die today if you don't get this back to me. Oh, God. Oh, I'm, I'm surprised that like the thing that you're salty about is uh, flying whenever uh, I announced your engagement last week without even having you here. You know what? Why would I be salty about that? I engaged. I announced it across <laughs> all social media with a photo shoot. Like I preempted you so well. Um, <laughs> I did a great job. And I mean, I want the world. Oh, did you want? Do you think I wanted to announce it on the podcast? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I was just saying it, it was like you got engaged and then like a couple days later you were gone for a week in LA and I was like now's my chance I'm gonna I'm gonna get just, Alex in here and I'm gonna roast him on all the details I'm really curious about how that went so I'm gonna be looking forward to hearing that as long as you were <laughs> you were nice to him that's all I, that matters I was nice he I because I was asking him a lot of questions about like what things that he might be salty about I was like I know that you have like 11,000 Pinterest boards and like some of them are for oh. him I was like do you even know what what is what is on well, any did of you them. tell him about my pinterest boards he was just like no yeah i know and like how does he know about my pinterest boards <laughs> does he know that they started before he i got engaged no all i uh, all i can all i'm gonna say about the episode so that way you like you can go back and hear it for yourself is like for it being called extra salty it was like a very like amicable peaceful episode because he was just like no yeah i mean i love her and i was just like that's not what we're about oh you should have asked him about like things that make him mad like we literally got in a fight this morning because i asked him to grab my work pants and i was like can you grab my black work pants and he's like I'm grabbing black pants that have three buttons over the front. And I was like, you don't have to describe them, Sam. <laughs> and he goes, well, you said work pants. So I just wanted to clarify that these were, in fact, the pants for work. And I was like, all my pants are black. I wear them to work because I always work. Just give me the damn pants. And he was just like, you're just angry with me because your body thinks it's 5 a.m. So I'm going to forgive you. <laughs> and I was like, shut up. I didn't ask you to forgive me because I didn't say I was sorry. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't started, know. So I the engagement's like, going yeah. well. I yeah. don't like being forgiven when I'm not sorry. <laughs> okay. I think oh. that's that is the co- that's the that's the thing that drives me crazier what? than anything. It's presumptuous. Yes. Like how dare you assume no, I feel you bad? Do not get to do that because <laughs> it is not a real thing. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Jericho! What are you salty I, about? What's something? Oh wait, Kai isn't okay. What's? Oh. Let's go. I'm curious. I see. Here's the thing: is that you saying like I'll apologize if I'm sorry? Like sparked something in me that happened this weekend. What happened? Okay, so here's the thing: a while ago, I broke up with somebody because he was crappy, shitty, no good. Okay. And I did not like him at all. Like, I knew the order that I would pull his teeth out in if we owned pliers. Like, why did I, why did I expect a Seinfeld-esque reason, though? Like, well, I just, you know, the way he parted his hair. But no. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, it, he was just a bad very, guy just yeah uh, that's a whole that's a whole other thing i feel like i've talked about it on another episode so we like we won't go into too much detail about it but well, i got I'm home. in the dark here <laughs> oh well long story short he was just 
uh, abusive in a very emotional and verbal way, and it was not fun. And then I kicked him out of my house, and everything was fine. Good for you. Good for you. But uh, so I was uh, filming for a short film on Saturday uh, Mm -hmm. from 11 to about 5. And then I get home, and my roommate had some of our friends over. And one of those friends included somebody who used to be very close friends with him. And then they had a falling out, and now they're starting to talk again. But I don't know all the details about that. I don't keep up. Mm -hmm. But like, so he was hanging out, but it was, and it's like, it's always been weird weird hanging out with him because he was always like very much on my ex's side not that there were like sides that people had to choose or anything but like whenever i was just like no he was emotionally abusive and bad and all these other things he would just be like well why don't you like we're all friends though and it makes it awkward for the friend group why can't you just be friends and i'm like i don't know if you remember what i just said four seconds ago but i don't want to be friends with him and so like there was always like this weird tense back and forth like during the course of like the breakup because like i like we had really integrated circles well like we were hanging out everything was fine everything was chill we were having a good time nothing weird or uncomfortable was coming up and we went out to some bars we went out and did some stuff it was fun like we were having fun for the most of the night we get back to my place uh me and him and my roommate and another guy are all just like sitting on our bed petting our dogs like just like shooting the shit like it's just like hanging out in a pile and it's a fine fun night Mm -hmm. and so then he starts making some comments about like the shittiness of the gay community but it was like all stuff that was like he himself was guilty of doing uh-huh. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm, and I was like oh you know I'm sorry for having ideas but your ideals and fucking opi- and I stand by my shit that I believe in and I usually I'm like so quick to just be like I'm sorry and like shrink down into a little tiny ball until I collapse like a neutron star and But at this time, I was just like, you know what? I don't feel like you get to have the authority to go around playing holier than thou, like saying all this shit whenever you're guilty of the exact same thing. And it's just really frustrating for me to have to like sit here and listen to it. And like, I was just like stating my piece about it, whatever. And he was like, I'm not trying to play like the holier than thou, like I'm better than other people thing. And I was like, okay, so I'm trying to be calm about it. And I was like, well, in that case, this is my way of letting you know that the way that you present all that information makes it sound like that's what you're doing. So maybe reconsider the way that you're presenting yourself. Uh Uh-huh. To which he responds with, oh, well, when was the last time that you got fucked, Kai? What? Right? I was like, what? That was so out of left field. It had nothing to do with what you guys were talking about. Oh, no. Oh, my God. But I was like, okay, how about let's fucking go through some things? And I got real in his face about all the shit that I went through and how and then I'm you started still going each through it. Was it like a, yeah, oh, no, it was a cheers no. moment? No, I hate you. I was, a, I hate no, you. I was about to clap his ass in my roommate's bedroom and I was going to have to be like, still I am apologetic. No, <laughs> I was no. about to clap his ass. No, no. I was about cheeks. to beat his fucking ass in my roommate's bedroom and I was going to be like, I'll oh. apologize about whatever I break later unless it's on him, in which case oh. I'm not apologizing oh never mind but then my roommate sits up and she goes you gotta fucking go and she gets up and pushes me literally had my back from second fucking one which i am like still shout out to you Haley. you're the fucking best had my back from moment fucking one which was tight as hell she just goes you gotta go and she gets up she walks to me and she like kind of pushes me out of her room and i was just going for it at that point because i was livid i was was just like i was like you know what how about you don't go how about you stick around have a couple more and then you can drive huh like i was just screaming all sorts of shit i was ready to fucking go somewhere by the end of the night and he got out and then afterwards i was just like give me a cigarette (laughs) like i I, it 
That was resentful. It it tapped into like deep South Louisiana Kai that I have not had to like access in a while. And I was real pissed about it for a couple days. And now I'm just like cool and zen again. But in that moment, I was just like, ooh, I didn't know that ready to fight Kai was still down in me. That was a dumb thing to say. When was the last time you got fucked? How's that relevant to any? That's stupid. It's not. It's just like a lashing out. Not somebody who's got yeah, a, a I, lot I, of deficiencies, yeah, I, I feel think, like. Yeah, I think the only reason it like bothered me was like it, it's like a lot of shit happened to like damage my self-confidence and everything in that last relationship and it's like a lot of like really deep fucked up cuts that i'm like still like for them like i've still like mostly recovered from but like i'm still like kind of working on mm-hmm. so it just like tapped into like the just this huge chunk of sh- past shared history all at once that i was just like i'm gonna tear your ear off <laughs> and i'm gonna that- rip your ear straight off of your body and that's just where i'm gonna start wouldn't that be great if that's what happened with evander holyfield and mike tyson like we find out years later lovers. Like, yeah there was just like when was the last time you got fucked and he bit his ear off <laughs> in the ring <laughs> is, is, am i getting my athletes right was it evander holyfield i know it's mike tyson it was, yeah, yeah. Holyfield ethan is nodding so i think that yeah. yeah it's funny that like i don't think we bring that up when we talk about holyfield but we definitely bring it up when we talk about tyson yeah <laughs> like, every time but Holyfield still never got it fixed, and he wears it like a badge. Like, uh, he, like he, he when he's out, he just, you can see the teeth marks. Ah! That's <sighs> yeah. He's like, no, I'm not getting it fixed. <laughs> that's that's wild. fucking yeah. I was gonna say that's some shit. He's kind of <laughs> lucky that like Tyson had that big ass gap because I'm feel like it could have been a lot worse <laughs> he had he been a, working with a full set. He left a lot more behind <laughs> than he should have. Oh God, please don't bite my ears off, Mr. Tyson, if he listens to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> he, he says uh, he's a new man, so. Oh. You, oh yeah, sorry. Usually we keep it like light in the beginning, but I like kind of went there for a second. No, let's get there and let's stay mm. there. So Jericho, yeah. um, you're not just here to listen to our petty problems. No, but they are entertaining. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You've, you've got a salty story of your own. And one of the things we like to focus on, of course, is resentments and mm-hmm. and issues, things that can happen with our jobs, our spouses, mm-hmm. our families. Yeah. Um, bullshit. Bullshit. That bullshit. <laughs> but also how we move past it. So if you're comfortable yeah. sharing with us, I'd love to hear your story. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wild. O- I'm wild open. Oh, my God. Wild right. open. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess watch out, everybody. I am uh, wild. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, uh, I operated uh, solely on resentment for the first probably two and a half to three decades of my life, uh, all having to do with my some of my situations with my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been doing a lot of work. I'll just do a little caveat at the top. I've been doing a lot of work on myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been hitting therapy pretty hard and uh, doing a lot of self-reflection and doing... Uh, the work that I need to do. So I'm, I'm kind of in a better place. That's awesome. That's so great. I hope that that's interesting still. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just about the ugly part. It's about moving past Okay, it. good, good. Yeah, I don't uh, feel like yeah. there's anyone that's going to be like kicking the ground being like, man, I thought he was fucked up, but he fixed himself. <laughs> <laughs> that's really what it's supposed to be, but neither yeah. of us are like getting therapy because babies kick us on airports. Yeah. Like, a- airplanes. Yeah. Yeah. If a baby kicked me on an airport, we're fighting. <laughs> we're on the ground. You're I'm gone. fighting your baby. Let's go. <laughs> short bastard <laughs> okay so you you have a story about like some f- interesting family yeah so i i don't know how to start this but i i just wanted to describe like one of my earliest memories sure. which is uh uh so when i grew up we were in a, a physical situation where uh i was living in the house that my great-grandfather whom i'm named after okay uh built with his own two hands oh. uh well over 100 years ago wow. uh his name was vernon marion 
and he uh, built the house that I grew up in. And there was this gate at the end of my backyard that ran into another yard and then subsequently another house, Mm -hmm. which was the house that my father and his brother grew up in. Okay. So that was their childhood. And then they, like all the old people lived in the house that I grew up in. And when they died, my father moved in eventually. And so uh, my father and his brother lived back to back for the entirety of my childhood. Okay, so it was like a lot of family kind of like in one little yeah, like well, I, centralized I, I, spot. I, I, I hesitate to use the word compound because there wasn't a big fence or anything. Right. But it was <laughs> similar to that. And uh, I remember uh, we had this garden and it was on every piece of property in my family has been disputed over and over again for hundreds of years. I'll just say that. Um, if I'm too cryptic, please tease more information out of me. But... Basically, uh, this is all family property, mm-hmm. and there was this little offshoot section of it where my hippie parents grew a garden. And I remember being a little boy, and I heard some like yelling and, and like a, like scuffling mm-hmm. while I was playing in the backyard. And I ran to this little like weird extra space that was fenced off, and I looked through the slats, and on the ground is my father and my uncle, and they're beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> Uh, my father has, uh, uh, this cane that looks like, a like it's similar to a shepherd's crook, but shorter. Mm-hmm. And he is like trying his best to hit my uncle with it. Um, and every chance that he gets and they're rolling on the ground. And the only thing I can think of is like, um, there's this story in the Bible. I'm not very, I'm not religious, but, uh, there's a story where an angel and a human fight. And it's just like this knockdown drag out for, for the centuries. Where is that? Bible uh, has fight club? Oh what? yeah, big time. Yeah. <laughs> Interspecies fight club. I, is it Samuel maybe? I don't know. I, it's one of the books. Like, he's I just didn't like, know angels fought. I'm so angel, into that. Oh no, yeah, the angel was like, came down he's like, well, if you, want to, if you want to accomplish this thing that God doesn't want you to do, you have to beat me in a, in a, in I a fight. I wonder if he had match. an intro song. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like choirs and harps. You yeah, know you've yeah. made a, a, a God after man when he wants to bare knuckle fight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is so the Old Testament guy. <laughs> just like, what Test- you? Oh, let's settle this right now, brother. And then he throws his gloves down. <laughs> like one of my favorite stories is like the two women fighting over a child. So like, well, let's just cut it in half. <laughs> and I'm like, and one of them really considers it. Yeah. Like she doesn't understand that babies die when you cut them in He's half. Just like, I, I'll take half a baby. I have no baby now. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Bible Sorry. boxing. Bible yeah. Box. So the, so there's this thing where I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. This is uh-huh. crazy. Uh, and then I, I come to find out over the years that uh, my father and my uncle hate each other. This deep-seated hatred. And it goes back to my grandmother who would pit them against each other for her own amusement. (laughs) So, for instance, like they'd be in the back seat and she'd be sitting in the back seat and my grandfather would be driving and then she'd put her hand up while they were getting angry at each other and she said, all right, the first person to spit my hand wins the argument. And they would both haul off and spit, and she would lower her hand, and they would spit in each other's faces. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's messed no, up. No, it's, but it's funny. Oh, it's uh, hilarious. But just like magnify that like times a thousand. There's all these incidents, right? So they were like they were raised to hate each other in like some sort of weird Game of Thrones kind of way. Like it was bizarre to me. Um, Land before TV. <laughs> what would you do? Uh, so yeah, uh, anyways, uh, and so when I was growing up, uh, we were the black sheep 
of the family. And uh, because we didn't toe the line and we didn't do everything that the matriarch or the family said mm-hmm. to do. And so because of that, we were made to suffer. Uh, <laughs> this is all stuff I'm realizing like years later, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've, I've taken some time to digest, right? But so um, my father was like the lowest rung on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. And he um, would wor- he worked for the family business. So the family business was a laundry and dry cleaning service. And I remember until I was 18, I didn't know how to do laundry. Uh, my laundry came out of a plastic, like a wrapped plastic bundle. And that's where my underwear and like my cleanly pressed and starched blue jeans came from. And <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so when we were growing up, we were very poor, right? And my, my parents were like these counterculture people. I call like people say cosmic cowboy. Like they were very into like Doug Somm and, and like Armadillo headquarters and all that, like mm-hmm. old Austin. My, my dad would come here to Austin to procured i'll just say he, he bought weed and he would take it back <laughs> <Yeah>. to <laughs> to west texas and he would sell it to all these uh the all, all the children of rich ranchers who were poor mm-hmm. uh and so our house became sort of the party house uh of our town that we grew up in and so because of, we were so we, we were counterculture we weren't like towing the line we weren't being like proper citizens of our small town uh um my uncle started um devising this plan to uh, completely disenfranchise everything my father ever did. Okay. Like in terms of business or like the family? Business, or? the family, his life, the way he raised his children. Oh, just kind of everything. Everything, everything. everything. Uh, my father was, was lower than the scum of the earth. Um, mm-hmm. All because my uncle is constantly being like a worm tongue from Lord of the Rings in my grandfather's ear mm-hmm. and saying he's worthless, he's worthless. And that's the, that's the key word. Uh, he was presented as being worthless to um, uh, the family. And that's how I grew up. <laughs> and so uh, uh, I'll just fast forward a little bit. Um, when I was, uh, uh, I guess, 19, mm-hmm. uh, my grandfather, oh, no, I was, no, I was, uh, I was 15 when my grandfather passed away, but I was ni- or 19 or 20, I guess, when my grandmother passed away. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, my grandfather uh, uh, was worth a lot of money, and he'd he'd earned he'd earned it all. He didn't inherit it. He'd created this this wealth from the small business he'd owned, mm-hmm. um, and he also was uh, he also owned this ranch, which is the family ranch, uh, which is not like huge, but it's like big enough to be like. I, I understand that like all these things are luxuriant, but I didn't. I never really had a lot of access to them. I'll mm-hmm. just say that. Okay. Uh, and so my, my uncle had full access to everything and his children had full access to everything. And then I had kind of had to like show up with my hat in my hand to be like, can I go to the ranch and just be experience nature and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So you're saying that like your uncle spent all that time to like basically knuckle you guys out of that? Yes. Oh, so was your father left out of the will? Come time for the reading of the will. Uh, my grandfather says, uh, uh, he let, when he dies, his will says, um, uh, I think I, uh, because of the fact that I believe that Steve has been adequately provided for in life, I am not leaving him anything upon my death. My grandmother's still alive, but in case that my, my wife is still alive, then that's null and void. Right? Okay. Um, 
that sets off my dad, right? Uh, we uh, had uh, basically like tried to escape the situation because it was like oppressive and abusive mm-hmm. and moved to Austin for a couple of years when I was a child. Mm-hmm. And then my grandfather got sick and he's like, well, I'm dying. I need you to come back. I need you to come back, work for the laundry. Everything's going to be forgiven. Uh, but mm. apparently that, that version of the will was lost. Oh. oh, no. <laughs> so he changed his will before he died. Somebody changed his will before he died. I, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. The fact, well, the thing was, is he had brain cancer mm-hmm. and he was not... Um, Considered of sound mind? He really wasn't. Like mm-hmm. he, he was, oh. I would talk to him and it would be like we were reliving a moment of, of, in the history of ourselves. Like we were, like he, we would be on the, at the ranch, but we'd be sitting in yeah. the nursing home, you know, like... That's how far gone he was when the will was changed. Yikes. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so... But that was all null and void because you're great. Yeah, everything's fine. Alive. Everything's fine. Okay. My dad's like, okay, listen, I'm working at the laundry. Everything's great. I'm your slave. Like, I'm your grunt. Just tell me what to do. We'll figure it out. Uh, and then one day, uh, a couple years into that, he's tired of just being pissed on constantly because mm-hmm. my uncle's again just like, he's worthless. I don't understand why he's here. What's going on? Why are you still working here? Um, was, he, was he your uncle also working with the the dry cleaner at the time? Or? My uncle was the manager of the dry cleaner. Okay, at that oh, point, oh. yeah, uh, and had taken so over. Your, your dad was working for your uncle. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah, it was really incestuous and weird. Uh, What's the birth order here? Because I, I find birth order really fascinating. Yeah. Uncle's the oldest. Uh huh. My dad's the youngest. No more children. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, he's just been shit on his whole life, right? Yeah, my sister um, told me I was found in the garbage. <laughs> then brought me to the garbage can where I was found. Like, it's not true, but I believed. How long did you believe it for? A long time. Oh, no. Like, a little piece of me kind of still believes it. <laughs> Sorry. Tell, go on. No, go. really, Dad and Mom. Really? Really? Tell the truth. Uh, <laughs> but go on. So, I was wondering if, like, maybe that impacted your father, like, self-esteem and kind of why he... Oh, completely, right? Uh, yeah. And so, he did... He basically became a drug addict, did a lot of drugs, and just was, like, self-medicating, and it made us suffer. Uh... But, uh, yeah, uh, finally he's had enough and he just took, I remember he took us on this trip, me and my brother mm-hmm. on this trip, like around Texas. And we were like, what? This is weird. You work all the time. I don't know what's going on. He's like, don't worry about it. We're like, what about school? He said, don't worry about it. Uh, he hadn't kidnapped us. Thank God. <laughs> uh, but he'd taken us around on this trip just to have fun. Right. Okay. And when we got back, uh, we found out that he left the laundry in a storm saying, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm done with this, with with your orders and your weirdness. Um. And I'm taking my sons on a vacation. And to which my uncle and my grandmother replied, fuck you, you're fired. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if this is a downer. This sounds like such a downer. I'm so no, I mean, going. I mean, I mean, like everyone has that point where it's like you can only deal with the same shit so much before you're just like, no, fuck you. I die. You don't yeah. fire me. I quit. This like, coincided with the time that he stopped doing drugs. Like he got clean, right? And then he was he hadn't. He, he was like, I am. I am. There's nothing else that's that's making me uh-huh. ignore the situation. I'm going to face it head on. And he quit. And he got fired. And then uh, it wasn't too much later that my grandmother died. Mm. And it was that same clause in her will. And he had to hear it again. God damn. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you. It destroyed him for a while. For a long while. For the better part of a decade and a half. 
Um, Did they know when that will was written? Like, no, nobody okay. knows. So there was a family lawyer, and I can't. I don't want to say his name. I just want to say maybe for legal reasons, this is my opinion and hearsay, but it was my experience. Uh, there was a family lawyer who was always there, like kind of, kind of at the side of everybody, like like the henchman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he drew up all of the family contracts for years and years and years, you know. And he was the guy that my uncle always got to to be basically the legal hitman. And uh, we're talking about an estate that was is now worth millions of dollars. Mm. Uh, all goes to my uncle, and. Uh, several like like three three different houses, a large ranch, uh, and we got nothing. And I grew up poor. I grew up on commodities. Like <laughs> my family had all this money, but we had to have commodities, like and and government assistance for all of my childhood. So like what what happened past that point? Was it just like one of those things that once like the patriarch and the matriarch were out of this was there just like a wall there all of a sudden? Yeah. It was, no, it was it was fuck you Steve, goodbye forever, basically. Get your oh. shit together, don't ever talk to me again. You you get nothing, you deserve nothing. God damn. <laughs> Did that affect your father as a as a father to you? Yeah, yeah. It was tough for a while. Yeah. Um I mean, he's severely depressed, mm-hmm. you know, and um, like growing up, it was a pretty bad environment for me and my brother, um, for sure. Uh, I won't go into a lot of details because I've like, I come to understand like why it's happened and I've dealt with it, but yeah, uh, it fucked him up real, real bad. Do you, um, have you taken lessons from that and applied it to your own relationship with your brother or like, I don't know if you have kids, but are you, I don't have kids. I'm kind of, I'm like the ward of a, a child <laughs> right now, sort of, uh, uh, my girlfriend has a, a kid. Yeah. Uh, yes. Everything I do, everything I do is, is shaped by this and motivated by, uh, like doing the opposite of that and doing good and, and making sure I make a difference in people's lives and I don't abandon them and. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of curious, like, because uh, we we're getting an idea of like how it impacted like your father and your brother and all those relationships. And I don't want to ask anything specifically about like, you know, what the dynamic with you and your father or anything. But like, I'm curious about like how much understanding that you had of like what was going on at the time. Like, did he kind of like let let you guys know like what the details were, or were you just kind of we knew everything uh yeah we knew everything and all i felt my entire like basically from the point where like i got past that magical childhood like event horizon was resentment Mm -hmm. forever Mm -hmm. like and it it fueled me it was just like it was my be maybe the entirety of my being was resentment uh against these people Everyone, everyone involved, your grand, your grandmother, your grandfather, your uncle, your dad. Uh, yeah, m- much less my dad, <clears throat> but my, my grandparents and my uncle for sure. And e- even his children, uh, it slipped over into them. Have sometimes, sometimes when people experience traumas, what they try to do is rationalize the reasons why they were treated a certain way. Mm-hmm. Have you ever like try to justify what they did like well he was a drug addict, drug addict so maybe they stopped tra- like did you ever play that game in your head oh yeah yeah constantly there had to be a reason for it like why would someone do this to somebody uh i wasn't 
I wasn't aware of the concept of narcissist or sociopath or, or you know what I'm saying? Like, so, uh, which I kind of believe my uncle is, uh, my opinion. Uh, yeah. And so I justified everything. I was like, well, dad, you know, he didn't take care of business and he didn't handle money well. So of course he had to be called out on it and, and uh, taken care of by my wise grandmother who was financially secure all the time right or mm -hmm. it was a, it was a yeah it was a dozens of successions of of reasoning behind like oh no no there's a reason why uh but now i know there, <laughs> there really wasn't and it was just financial motivation at the end of the day so i'm I, what i'm kind of curious about is like ever like everything that i know of you since we know each other like personally more uh like like you do so much comedy stuff and like all of these things that are like fun and light and happy. And like, there's never like a moment where like I've had a perception of any sort of like negative energy from you what whatsoever. So like, I'm kind of curious, like where, where was that moment that was like the, the tipping point that helped you kind of get to the point where you're at now, where you're like, you can see more of the perspectives of things going on. Like, was there like a big tipping point or did it just kind of, have to take like gradual chunks it was a lot i liken it to um the way that sand degrades uh like a a canyon over time <laughs> whoa that is a screensaver of an image it took me to a spa vocally go on <laughs> who uh, can say where you're <laughs> only time i know it was just like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's really what it, it, it was. Just me one day going, I don't think this is healthy. This is not healthy for me to live like emotionally like this. Uh, and I, I had no tools, and so I had to first be like, all right, what's a, what's a tool for dealing with emotions? And then you know, built the tool. It's like I guess like Minecraft now. I don't know. Acoustic guitar. <laughs> it could have been worse. I'm so glad you took up comedy and not acoustic. Oh guitar. dear God in heaven, I would have been. <laughs> insufferable yeah uh, we're like anyway to get today's guest jericho thorpe and you're like anyway here's wonderwall <laughs> <laughs> like god damn it that's not what this is about <laughs> yeah no we had we had to laugh like that we really was it was so like cr like crazy like if we didn't laugh like it would have been way worse like way worse for everybody involved and so thank god we made the choice to to laugh and and i do improv mm -hmm. and i the first time that i the first class I ever took I was like this is how my family communicates with each other this is the thing we do because we're in pain and and that's that's one of the main reasons that I took to it so hard was I was like my god this is how my family's funny with each other uh, and it, I'd, I'd been doing it for years and I didn't even mm -hmm. know it you know um, so yeah uh, thank god for comedy yeah that's awesome you talked a lot about um your father, your uncle, your grandparents. I'm very curious about your mom in all of this. Is if that's not like too? No, not at all. Uh, I've always said this. My parents are are two of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. Uh, that's like you know you, you will have no doubt when you meet them. Uh, and they've got their picadillos or peccadillos. Uh I was like, oh, never mind. Piccadilly uh, like the the buffet. Uh, no, it's, it's pronounced just, pecan. No, okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know these words. <laughs> it just means uh, all of your multiple, all of your myriad little faults that, oh. that are that come together to be like, oh, okay, well, you've got some shit wrong with you. But at the end of the day, it's not the you're not the worst person in the world. Um, 
Yeah, they're they're both very funny. My mom uh, and my father both huge presences in my life. Uh, I don't know. My mom was there the whole time, and she did she she did what she could. She was from Houston and whisked away by this fucking weirdo country boy mm-hmm. into this isolated small town where everybody was like, "You're not from here, what hey, chi?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and that was her you know her life for years. <laughs> And uh, she did her best. She really did. Um, but again, she also descended into addiction, and 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 they were just trying to everything they do everything they could to escape without leaving us behind, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, after, when I was from eleven on, I was fine. But before that, it was pretty. It was pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine there must be like such a different dynamic to that because, like, a lot of a lot of the times, like you know, people have that like idea, like. Uh, like, you know, the typical American dream or whatever, where it's like, if I work hard, if I do this, if I do this, like I could like, you know, have this thing, but like, that's like kind of like having it like literally right there in front of you and saying, this could actually partially be yours because of family. And like it, it, that seems like it makes it so much more tangibly that this thing is right here, which I did that. Do you feel like that added like extra insult to injury? Absolutely. I can't, I wish I had, you gave me a real big finger gesture. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Hello. (laughs) For those at home, I was very enthusiastically agreeing uh, with my body. Um, So there's this Greek myth and I wish I could remember what it was, but, but basically there's this, this mortal who, who, who strived, who, who wanted too much or whatever. Who cares? No, it wasn't Icarus. Flew too close to the sun. But this particular, his particular fate for eternity, so he's in a pool of water, and the water is, is here, and then he looks up, and there's like the ripest, most delicious looking grapes that you'll ever see in your life above him. And every time he goes down to drink the water, the water lowers just low enough to where he can't reach it. And then when he reaches back up, it's back where it was. And when he's hungry, he reaches up with his mouth, and the grapes just ever so slightly evade him ever so slightly evade him sorry uh for eternity and that's how i felt my entire childhood because i could see it was there i could see it all and and i thought that i was a part of it and i thought that that was a part of the love of my family and it it was all an illusion yeah i feel like if you can ever relate like somebody's life to a greek myth something got fucked up somewhere along the way (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's interesting the the role that financial abuse can play in a lot of this because it sounds like um your your dad's parents their way of controlling him was like he lived on their land mm-hmm. but with no assistance with no help he yeah. worked for them but made as little as like some random person they would have paid off the street not and even it, yeah but yeah, yeah and then the whole time thinking eventually this will pay off and I'll prove I can be a part of this family. And I, I, that's a crazy thing that families can do to each other is constantly dangle money over each other's heads is like this thing. You owe me. You should be thankful. You should be grateful. And just it's abuse. It absolutely is. Yeah. Neglect is abuse, uh, which is something that I, I, I came to terms with. Do you feel like you have any hangups that like that come up that maybe poke their way through in regular situations? Oh, dear God, all the time. I, I have to take care of everybody. Like, uh, I'm obsessed with it. Like, I have to make sure that everyone's needs are met all the time. If you are, if I have a party at my house and you're at my house, I'm obsessed with making you feel comfortable. And like, it's gotta be uncomfortable a little bit for me. It is like, I'm, I can't, I can't, I can't turn it off, you know? And in, in my personal life, it's, it's a, an ongoing, uh, theme where I'm just like, uh, this will never happen to you because I love you. Mm. 
So I have to make sure that, that you never feel what I felt. Yeah. And it, and I, I'm in therapy now. Uh, Shout which, out to therapy. God damn it. Go to therapy. Uh, if you have any problems at all, there's no stigma. Just get your ass into therapy. Whatever you do, you can find sliding scale therapists, uh, artists out there who I know a lot of that need it. Um, but if at all possible, if it's an option for you, get into it and get to work because it changes your fucking life for the better. Sorry, I'm really passionate about it right now. No, no, I, I, we, I feel like everybody at this table very much agrees with that. <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, I, I do want to ask one more question, which I think is a question that's probably uh, going to be on all of our listeners' minds. Uh, was there ever a point afterwards where, like, you or your brother like felt any sort of like desire to contact your uncle or reach out? <gasps> yeah, uh, it's complicated. Um, my uncle is not on social media, but my aunt is his wife who is there the whole time and complicit in everything that he did. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I'll go visit every once in a while and without fail, and this has happened at least a dozen times at this point. My aunt will come up to me and she'll go, why don't you ever call? <laughs> oh, why don't you ever stop God. by? I don't understand. I mean, you've been gone for so long. Why don't you ever just come by and say hello? My jaw is on the floor. (laughs) You know why, Sharon. (laughs) I wish I could say her name. It's actually very close to Sharon. Cheryl. Uh, yeah, uh, we've thought about it and I still think about it constantly, but, uh, without fail, every single time I've decided I'm going to let my guard down, I am hurt and I am punished because he will somehow take delight in saying or doing something that reminds me of the situation that we're in. That's, oh, that's so gross. Do you think you're... So I know we got we got to kind of. Do you think your your uncle and your father are just gonna never make amends? Like they're gonna die hating each other? Knock on everything. I don't. I'm not sure if my uncle can feel emotion like humans can. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I you know, but my father, my father desperately wants to forgive my uncle. Oh. But he never will, and he lives with the eternal knowledge that he'll never be able to damn well anyway this has been extra we just cut it off right there and then everyone's like whoa what What? (laughs) I think it's awesome that your father's at that point though because that's the bigger place to be at and that's awesome and and you sound like you've grown so much we always like to we get salty and then we find the sweet side before yeah. we wrap up. So what would you say to someone that's holding on to feelings of rejection, mm-hmm. feelings of betrayal, um, feelings of being abused? How would you tell someone to move past that? Uh, I'll, I'll just say what worked for me was finding anger at first, uh, not being able to, to justify everything away mm-hmm. and banish it all. Uh, anger was the first step. So get angry. Let get, it out. Get angry. Feel those emotions. Feel those emotions. But I'll say this. Maybe not do it by yourself. And that's okay, right? But find somebody who can help you feel those emotions. Because once that started to happen, I started to give less and less of a shit about 
that person and it became <laughs> this moment like in Labyrinth where she turns to the uh, Goblin King and she says, you have no power over me anymore. And that I, I never felt better in my fucking life. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Man, yeah. I mean, just... I mean, that's what they say about repre- like repressing emotions is that all you do is bottle them up and then all that shit comes flowing out later. Like, that's... I, I think that that's such good advice to just, like, live in that... Because, like, I've heard similar things about people who, like, feel, like, rejection in relationships where they're like, you know what? If somebody's not talking to you. Keep calling him. Keep texting him. Keep doing all that mm-hmm. stuff. Whatever. He won't answer you and then you'll feel sad about it and it'll suck, but you'll know he's not gonna answer you or whatever. Don't harass somebody, of course. <laughs> but it's just, like, it, it gives you that i don't know i I feel like it's one of those things that makes you start to walk that path towards closure because you're working it through even if it might not be you know something that feels like a healthy way to do it you're not leaving it unresolved either yeah because that's the shit that lingers was whenever it's not it's like it's like eating it's like drinking too much sort of where you're just like drinking 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 and then you're at a point where you're suffering and then you have to vomit it all up again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to suffer through the whole day. Like, it's even worse. Uh, but yeah. you have to get to the other side. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So, we enjoyed talking with you so much. This Thank is you. a great story. And exactly what this podcast is all about. Like, Yeah, and so personal. Like, so we really appreciate you, like, opening up and sure. sharing all that with all of us. Thank You're you. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks so, for having me. This has been kind of cathartic. Thank you. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> we fancy ourselves to be amateur therapists. We do. We, we, do, we don't. We, I do. We're comedians. People ask me what I do. I'm like, a th- I'm a therapist. We're comedians. And then I hand them like the sticker with a picture of us that says extras. I'm like, yeah, just listen. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm like. But, but it's spelled like the State of the Union address. <laughs> Ther- thermopist. <laughs> so I know you do comedy. Um, you're part of an improv troupe. How can people find you, experience what you do? And also, how can they keep up with you on social media if they want to hear some of your musings and funny thoughts on life? Yeah, uh, I'm a part of a troupe called Midnight Society. We do shows at Cold Town uh, every Saturday, like clockwork, for the last several years and God willing, moving forward uh, at 10 o'clock. Uh, um, and it's up on Airport Boulevard. You guys know where that is. Yeah. Um, and uh, you can find out more about them. At, just search Midnight Society on Facebook. You'll, we're usually the first thing that comes up. Awesome. Uh, and then more about me, like any social media whatsoever. Uh, and I'm terrible at social media because I made, gave myself this handle years ago. Uh, I'm apiarist. A-P-I-A-R-Y-I-S-T I don't like words that don't sound like I know how to spell them you know what I mean? like when I hear them and I go where's the mm-mm. nope it, it's, yeah. it sounds it's an like, unfortunate choice but I've stuck with it for so long it, it sounds like somebody who would be like a scientist that studies like something that's half monkey half parrot agree it, it sounds like a hipster story that like sells so it sizes zero through three and a half <laughs> and, like, and you walk in there like are you looking for Lane Bryant? <laughs> like, like that kind oh, of thing. no. <laughs> God. Welcome to Apiarist. If you drove yourself here, you can leave. <laughs> Here's a lift code. Go. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you prepare, prepare your own meals? Mm. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, so much, so much fun! Thank you guys so much for listening and joining us. One more, give it up for Jericho, just being Thank amazing. You. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm in comedy mode. I, I was sounded like I was closing out a show. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> give it up for your host. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've had like three hours of sleep today. It's okay. Oh my goodness. But seriously, don't forget to tip your weight stuff. Don't forget to tip your weight stuff. Dry the nachos. Don't tip Ethan. He. <laughs> he oh. He, he, he just. Look, he never tells us when we're recording. <laughs> okay, to be fair, I had somebody that said that they thought the funniest part of the show was whenever they asked, when you asked Ethan to edit something and then it doesn't happen. Yeah. It just makes them giggle. At least once an episode is part where I go, Ethan can edit that out, right? <laughs> and it's on there. Um, but anyways, if you guys are enjoying the show, uh, please feel free to subscribe, like us, share it, um, share it with your friends. Word of mouth is so, so important. And here's a great thing. Mm-hmm. If you want to rate us on Instagram, you don't, no, Instagram, iTunes. iTunes. You don't have to like write a whole dissertation about how wonderful we are. It helps. You can uh, just, but now they made it so easy that you can just tap the stars and give us five stars. And then maybe one day we'll have a Hollywood square star that says extra salty and people can walk past it and be like, oh, all these celebrities. And then they'll go extra salty. Who's that? And then they'll keep going. I have a I have a Hollywood star keychain because I'm insufferable. Oh. <laughs> you know, when I grew up, there were never Jasmine things. Jasmine, like, by the way, I looked for Kai, not a thing. No. Um, Jer- Jericho, never. 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 <laughs> never. Oh, my gosh. Make sure you follow us on, on um, Twitter. We now have more Twitter followers than Kai's personal account. Keep that going. Girl, Make why, him feel insufficient. Why, that, why are you putting that in my face like this? <laughs> because you told me to choose a slimming These? wedding dress. I've been, I did. I I've been did. mad at you for two days. No. <laughs> I said that one of your choices was slimming. How dare you? You said go with that one. It's the most slimming. And no. I was like. Impl- like you know I'm a middle child my brain was like so he thinks you look fat in the other two no <laughs> I said that it, it was what, slimming and what that you is say where doesn't stopped. matter how I took it is what matters meanwhile on number two I was like don't pick that one it's too busy and she's just like fine with that <laughs> number just- two is my favorite <laughs> You said number two looked like two dresses stapled together. Oh my God. And I was like, but it's my favorite. So now I'm like, I can't choose this dress because I'm like, I know Kai is going to hate this. You can still choose that dress. Fuck me. But I'm going to like, you are really bad at hiding your feelings on your face, Jericho. If you've spent any time with Kai, whatever he's thinking is all over his face. And I just don't want to like look at my husband and think, wow, this is my future. And then glance to the left and just see the fuck she got on. I can't help it that I have Britney's Spears syndrome. <laughs> she was the same way on X Factor. It was never it's, a mystery what she was feeling. And I am like that. It's and, also your greatest power. Mm-hmm. And I like literally was just going by. I was like, I don't want to be slim. I want to be fancy. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're going to, we're going to not talk about, we're going to talk about my wedding for the whole next year. It's at least once an episode. I know. Come up. And I, and now I feel like every episode you're going to be like, Kai told me that those flowers looked fake. <laughs> the flowers will be fake. I am very cheap. So go ahead. If they look fake, good. <laughs> and then it's going to get time to the wedding and everyone that listened to the podcast is going to be like, Jasmine is having such a good time. And then they're going to see me and they're going to be like... <laughs> You have some guts showing up here after all the things you said. They're going to be like, no! 
Oh my goodness, Jericho, thank you for joining our crazy day today. We always appreciate having awesome guests like you in our studio. My pleasure. Uh, and of course, shout out to Body Tape International for being such great producers, even though they never edit Jasmine in. That's fun for <laughs> the viewers and also for me. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook.com slash Extra Salty Pod. Follow us on Instagram at Extra Salty Podcast. No, it's not consistent. And our Twitter at Extra Salty Pod. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Yeah. International.